You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Biz Babes with Soul. I'm of course your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have another Mel here today. So uh, if you guys have been listening for a while, you know that my friends call me Mel. And today we have Mel McSherry on here. So she is a business, international business and development coach. She's a speaker and she's just an all around cool person. And I'm excited to meet another Mel. So (laughs) welcome. Thank you so much, Mel. I'm excited to meet you too. And thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, so as you said, I'm an international business development coach and speaker, and I predominantly work with women business owners who are exhausted and overwhelmed by everything that they think they need to do in order to be successful. So my, my expertise or my superpower, as you will, is to help them slash their stress by showing them how to prioritize their time their profit avenues, and especially themselves correctly so they can truly create the business, the money, and the life that they want in the time that they have. Yeah, that that is difficult. I can say that for <laughs> sure. I have been caught in that uh, burnout, work yourself to death phase. I, I, you know, yep. I talk about this a lot on, my, on the show, but as women, we are told that we can do it all. And we need to do it all. We need to be the best wife, the best mother, the best girlfriend, exactly. the best business owner, and also look beautiful, have perfect skin. Yeah, know, house clean, children house fed. Clean, <laughs> perfect weight. Like, that's yeah, exactly. a lot of pressure for a woman. And I, I'm not saying we can't do it, ladies, but something's got to give. Completely agree. And not that something's got to give more than that. We have to give permission for somebody else to do it for us because we're, they're going to do it better. Like the, probably the best investment I ever made that helped me really build my business was get a house cleaner Mm. because I hate cleaning and it would take me, you know, four hours to clean, which if I, if I took how much I charge an hour and charge that by four, I'm out a good amount of money for my bottom line. Instead of doing that, I could instead invest in another amazing woman who loves doing it, and we're both happier to begin with. So I think that's, for me, that was such a big mind shift for me in regards to asking for help. It's not admitting that I'm weak in something, because I don't think you're really weak. I think you just have your, you know, you're just strong in different areas, and you only have enough time for so much. And so if you if you invest in somebody else's strength, then it's like you guys both get stronger in the long run. It's not it's not giving up. It's just literally like elevating yourself along with somebody else. Like how cool is that? Yeah, I think a lot of us put pressure on ourselves to do it all mm-hmm. by ourselves. Yeah. Um, I know I've been caught in that. And it's just it's hard because it's only it's you think you're proving it to somebody else, but really you're proving it to yourself that mm-hmm. you can be perfect at everything. And nobody is perfect at everything. That's no. crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
And we only, and it's funny because if you actually look at the people that you listen to or you follow on social media, they, you follow them for a specific reason, not because they're strong in everything, but it's because they're strong in one area. Mm-hmm. And they're not necessarily, you know, superwoman, which is a huge term we use a ton for ourselves and each other. They literally are super in that one avenue that you see them in. And then everything else that they're not good at or not, or just don't have time for, they literally delegate it to somebody else. I love the same where people are like, you know, you have the same 24 hours as Oprah or Beyonce has the same 24 yeah. hours a day that you do. But then you like turn over the coffee cup and there's that asterisk of she has a personal assistant and a coach and a, you know, and a chef and blah, blah, blah. And it's true. Like we all have the same amount of time, but, and, th- and this is the thing that I really love helping my clients do. It's just prioritizing it correctly. Yeah. So what really is worth your time, your energy to help you create what you want and who you want to be? And what is it that we just need to literally let it go? Yeah, I, um, I'm halfway through reading Rachel Hollis's new book, Girl Stop Apologizing. And yeah. she talked about that, how she got so much beef uh, from people when she said like, yeah, I have a nanny and I have a trainer and like mm-hmm. people were like, what? You don't do this all on your own? And she said, uh, no, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I love when people, when I say, you know, the, the things, the people that I've invested in, in my life, I, I actually had a friend of mine recently go, well, that must be nice that you can do that. I'm like, Oh, that's well, so it, condescending. <laughs> it's not nice. It's a choice that I made and you can have the exact same thing. If you just make the choice, like nothing, nothing is literally out of your reach unless you say it is. And then there is no way it's ever going to happen. But I knew by investing in myself, by investing in these outside, you know, things that was going to create what I have now. And it's going to continue to help me create it. Mm-hmm. So it's always funny when I think, and, and women, like we're, we're the best and worst friends to ourselves and each yes. other, right? Like <laughs> we can be so supportive and so amazing and, and help each other really evolve to who we want to be. But then there's those, those ones that see what you have. And instead of using that as a motivation, they see that as almost like a stopping point. Yeah, yeah. So threatening and intimidating and like jealousy when it's just, I made a choice and you have the same choices. You just don't think you do. So therefore you don't. Have you and- noticed, I mean, I think I have, um, as I think we're in a lot of similar like female entrepreneur groups on Facebook mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. there's that mean girl syndrome of like, there's not enough clients for all of us. Like, let's fight over this. Like, let's tear each other down. Let's talk about your content. Like, it's such BS. Yeah. It really is. Like, we should be a sisterhood, you know, supporting each other. Instead, it's just like this cat fight of, of gross content about how like who can get whose clients and who's better at what and who who's better at podcasting and who's getting better speaking gigs and it's just yeah oh it needs to stop and it's so interesting too because I'm very open about money because I think women need to have a better mm-hmm. relationship with money yes and so I'm very open with how you know with what I've done where I've, how far I've come in the last especially I mean I've been an entrepreneur since 2010 but been really um, on a trajectory for the last about two years. And I'm proud of that. And so I like to share that not as a, I'm bragging that I'm making X amount, but I want to show you that this is what I did. And if you want to do the same thing, I want to help you. Like it's, it's just showing that 
you know, one, you have to, you have to know your numbers. You have to be proud of what you're making. And if you're not proud of what you're making, then you still need to know what your numbers are. So then you can see how to prioritize your time to make that money that you want to have. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those interesting things of like, you know, women supporting women and all of these massive movements. I'm, I'm very involved. I'm a huge advocate of um, women in tech. I have mm-hmm. a lot of clients that are in tech. I'm a mentor at 1871. So I'm really passionate about helping women in tech and their voice has gotten so strong, especially in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But what I'm finding too, is that it's great to have a strong voice. But you have to have the action to back it up. Yeah. Like we can't just sit here and rah-rah ourselves. We really need to sit there and help each other create a plan of action to where we can all get there together. And the only way we're going to do that is by openly talking with each other on what worked, what didn't, how can we collaborate, like all of that. I think the women who come to it with a total one-dimensional angle or like a, a one-track mind they're going to get left behind sooner or later. Like they're going to weed themselves out. Yeah. But it's really staying true to who you are and really identifying who you connect with and how can you strengthen that together as, as, as a team, you know? Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think, so I've been an entrepreneur since 2013 and I was working in this space. I've been working in the digital marketing space for 10 years. So again, I know tech pretty well too. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, there's such a shift. And I think in the next few years, there's going to be a bigger shift of all these people Mm -hmm. who have just been like, yeah, I'm going to be a coach, but they have no collaboration idea. They're just going to fall along the wayside because they're not really in it to help lift each other up. Yes. It's really interesting being in the coaching space because that has definitely, oh I my mean, gosh. coach is like the buzzword of the moment. It is. And I kind of hate it. Like now that, I I'm, like, now that I'm moving more into that world versus yeah. services, I'm calling myself a mentor, not a coach because that's really where my heart is. Like, yeah. Spoiler alert, guys who's listening. Like I, the other day I was journaling and I said, okay, what is my big audacious dream? And my dream mm-hmm. is... I just want to mentor women Mm -hmm. to feel like they can do their own thing, speak their own, you know, values Mm -hmm. and really um, share their story. And I want to be a catalyst for those stories. Love it. And I just don't feel aligned with the word coach. It just feels icky to me. (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, and it took me a while, I guess, to really... well define myself as a coach because there's so many I mean I I remember hearing about coaches because you hear about you know Tony Robbins yeah massive massive quote-unquote coaches and but you also hear about the person who just woke up one day and like oh I'm a coach coach. yeah yeah (laughs) it's like well coach of what so it's but it's nothing that we can regulate right it's my my original background was actually in fitness so I was a certified personal trainer you could be a personal trainer without being certified. It's not regulated. Like anybody literally can wake up one day and say, Hey, I'm a personal trainer and start like training people. So it's, it's really interesting to make your way in that space because it is so quote unquote saturated. Mm -hmm. However, when you start really narrowing down into who you are and what you're good at, that's, I think was what separates, you know, the everyday quote unquote coaches to the coaches, mentors that we look up to and that we connect to. Mm-hmm. So it is, it's a really interesting space to be in. However, using 
I have found so far that using that that term for me hasn't really stopped me. It does it does uh, create interesting conversations because people kind of can tend to roll their eyes and be like, "Oh, what are you a coach of?" And when they start hearing me talk and really seeing that I'm asking questions and listening, and you know, this is what this is what I love to do, and this is why I love to do it. That's the tipping point. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really with anything else. If you are looking for a coach, quote unquote, or a mentor, or somebody. It's all about finding that that one area that you want to work on first and finding somebody that's done it already and who is willing to show you how to do it your do the same thing with you and your business. Exactly. I, I you know, I've had lots of ups and downs and failures and I used to mm-hmm. think like, oh, that doesn't qualify me yeah. to be a coach. And then I realized, no, the people that I enjoyed working with the most are people who have been through the same stuff and they've yep. stopped. And I don't want somebody who's perfect because that's scary. I want somebody who's been up and down and knows like, oh, this is what it's like to have credit card debt. And this is what it's like to be laying on the floor crying because your clients are all crazy. And, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, and I share that. I, I, I totally impress that upon my clients to share that, especially on social media, because it is so easy for us to see just one side of any life, especially with social media. Mm, yeah. But I think flipping that and sharing, if you follow me on Instagram, um, especially on my Instagram stories, you, I call it Mel in a glass box. Like you <laughs> see everything. Like you see when I have good days, you see when I don't, you see, you know, my son is on the autism spectrum. So you see how that can tend to affect mm, my, yeah. my mood and my schedule. You know, I show anything and everything because I want people to know that I'm not perfect. Like yeah. I have dishes in my sink. I have, you know, I'm still creating this life just like you are just for some of them. I might be like five to 10 steps ahead, which is great because then that they can hopefully watch me and take that and apply it and not have to go through it as, you know, as much as I do, or maybe even skip it altogether. But I think it's so important, especially for women to be vulnerable on social media, but also be supportive of everybody else's journeys, not to mom shame, not to mom guilt, not oh. to, you know, there's no such thing as like, who's better, the stay at home mom or the working mom? Or, oh, I hate you that. You know, like, <laughs> who cares? Like, who cares? If you're happy, if you are your, if you are your definition of successful and or working toward it, like, who cares what the, your day is filled with. If it's making you happy and you've got your, you know, quote unquote tribe and to use another buzzword. Yeah. It's then, such a, I, I love that word, but also it's become a little much. Oh yeah. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, I'll just call this episode. It's just a little much. It's seriously. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's like finding your boundaries with anything like, why are you using that word or why are you having that conversation or why are you connecting with this person? Like just kind of giving yourself that permission of, again, you know, what is it that I can do that I can do well within the time that I have? Because I tell my clients all the time, you have full say on how you spend the time that you have mm, always. Yeah. Even, you know, if things come into play, you have a choice of whether or not to let them for you to a do it or b how it affects you if you do. Like you always have a choice and kind of going back to like, oh, you're so lucky comment or it must be nice comment. It's, it's literally like, well, no, you, again, you had a choice. So if you chose to spend your time doing this and yes, there's some things that are non-negotiable, like you have to take care of your children or else you go to jail. Like you have to pay rent, <laughs> right? Like there's those things that you know will have negative consequences on you and the others around you. Mm-hmm. However, there is 
always time in the day that you have complete say on how you spend it. And you have to make it a priority. You have to make it a boundary because if you don't, nobody else is going to do that for you. No matter how big your quote unquote tribe is, no matter how motivational, you know, the, the Instagram post was you saw or posted this morning, it is still up to you to make those choices and make those boundaries. Yeah. So what is it like for you as running your own business and having a child on the autism spectrum? Is that like just craziness or like, how has that been for you? I, uh, I like to call it structured, unstructured chaos. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, it's definitely, I, I found my rhythm and that took a lot um, to find pretty much how I can function scheduling wise, um, what my system of process is, all of that. But it really comes down to like my five points that I just work on with every single client. And the one thing that I love about this is that it's, it's customizable, right? So if you're ridiculously type A and you love time blocking, you love everything like scheduled to the nth degree, these work. If you like to be more structurally unstructured like I am, this also works because what it really is is just one, identify what do you want to accomplish today? Like I only do, I have weekly goals, I have monthly goals, of course. But when it comes down to it, you really need to know what you have time for and what you want to accomplish that day because that's what's going to help you schedule it. Like I always say, you can't prioritize your schedule. You have to schedule your priorities always. Mm, I like that. But in, but in order to do that, you have to know what they are. <laughs> so for me, I have like one or two do or dies that I, if I just get those one or two things done in my business today, I will feel successful and I will forgive myself or whatever else didn't happen. Yeah. And, and it's not a to-do list of like 15 million things. And I look at my schedule and I see when can I, when can I do these? And it's so that way I have a, a mindset of instead of looking at my schedule, looking at my massive to-do list, looking at, you know, my son possibly having a meltdown because his socks feel weird. It's in like, how the hell am I going to get this all done? It's sort of like, okay, now he's having a meltdown. Now this is the time that I have. What can I do to fill this time again? Because I have full say on how I spend it. Mm. So yeah. it's a lot. So it's one getting clear on what you want. It's taming the time that you have. It's prioritizing and creating a customized schedule for yourself and then putting it into action. And if things, if you just feel like everything is just against you and you literally like I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little like to call woohoo-y. So there's a huge mercury, mercury retrograde going on right now. Yeah. Oh, it's messed it, so many things up. It's kicking my but like it always does. And I know this. So I give myself extra permission of going, okay, if I, you know, if I talk to all of these clients, if I have all these phone calls, interviews, what have you, and I am mentally tapped out for the day, I am mentally tapped out. Hmm. Like I still took steps in my business. I had conversations. I had client sessions. I answered the one or two emails I needed to answer. I was still successful. So I can be done when I pick my son up if I'm just toast. And it, it affects him too. So I always have to see how he is when he gets home, right? But it's still always about just really defining the time that you have. How are you going to use that time effectively to continue to move forward in your business? Or if you're, you know, if you're in the corporate world, that nine to five, what do you have on your schedule? What really needs to get done today? And if it can't get done today, how can you break it down to where it will get done by the time you need it to get done by? I think we're, we're such an all or nothing culture 
that it's like, if we don't feel six, if we don't like get one huge thing done where, you know, our day is, is not successful. Or if we have our day completely planned out to the T and one small thing completely derails it, we now all of a sudden think our entire day mm, is yeah. to shit, right? Yeah. But it, it's not just that moment. And you can give yourself time to be like, God, it sucks. Yeah. Give yourself that moment. But then take a breath. Now look at the time that you have. Now look at the things that are on your priority list and just recognize, reapply and move on. Yeah. That, that's something apparently I need to hear because <laughs> I am so bad about that. Like I will have this huge to-do list and then I'm like, oh, I didn't get all this done. But then I have to remind myself, like, these are all the good things that happened. This is all that I got done. Yes. That's great. I think because before I started working for myself, I had a string of terrible corporate jobs, just mm-hmm. toxic environments. And you would get yelled at or beat down or, yeah. you know, just almost like emotionally abused for not yes. getting these specific goals done. Or I just always felt like a failure and. Mm-hmm. even though I was doing the best I could. Um, and I think, you know, that's kind of carried over to working to myself. So I, but yeah. I'm my own, like you said, I'm a, my own worst enemy. I, mm-hmm. I'm i constantly going, oh, you didn't do enough. You're not making enough. You're not yeah. good enough. But I know that's I call, not true. Yeah. I call that corporate PTSD. And it's, yeah. it's, it's completely real. I've seen it in so many clients who have left such toxic corporate environments to start their own businesses because they realized one, that they could and two, that there, excuse me, are bigger and better things out there than just the corporate life, right? Entrepreneurship and business ownership is not for everybody. I'm not telling everybody who's miserable in their corporate life that they're, that means they're supposed to be an entrepreneur. No. But what I am saying is that it is so easy, like any relationship, any toxic relationship, it's so much easier to take those negative those negative pieces and that negative baggage with us and apply it to our next relationship. And I, I wish I really knew why I'm sure there's a book or a study that I just haven't found yet, <laughs> but it's to me, it's like, you know, for me, that was a huge shift and that's where personal development really helped me. I mean, mm-hmm. I tell, I tell people all the time, if you would have met me five years ago, you wouldn't have been able to pick me out of a lineup. I was mm-hmm. super quiet. I was super insecure. I was very happy, quote unquote, with being mediocre. Like I I had no idea really who I was because I was always identifying myself to other people. Like I was, I was identifying myself as a, as a mom. I was identifying myself as, you know, I was somebody's wife at one point or Tom and Lee's daughter, Drew's older, younger sister. Like I always had this title that I carried around. Hmm. I never really took the time to figure out who I really am and what I really want. And I feel that so much. Yeah. And it's, it's a journey, right? It's not one of these things you're just going to magic. I didn't magically wake up like this. Like I didn't magically wake up with this system or all this, you know, quote unquote success, however you want to, however you want to deem it. It was a process. It's been five years of just, and it's consistent process. Like every morning I meditate and I do personal development and I journal and I find those non-negotiables for myself. Mm -hmm. So if the, you know, so anything like that, personal development is always my first um, I guess prescription or first suggestion is finding something that's just going to speak to you where you are now and take that and put it into action. Cause I think that's, 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 that's the, that's the mind flip. That's the kicker is that a lot of us will read these great books and have these great aha moments. But then as soon as the book is done, we're right where we started, right? We're we're no longer 
you don't implement anything. Yeah. And that's, and that's, you, we become these professional students. We go to every single conference and every single podcast and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is all great stuff. I'm, gr- I'm glad that you can, you know, reverberate back every Jim Rohn quote or every, you know, Pauline <laughs> Hill quote. That's awesome. But do you actually walk the talk? Like, is this something that you are putting into action every single day? Because that's the missing piece. Nobody is going to, you know, there's going to be no magical motivation that's just going to flip your entire life. It's you. You have full say on how you spend the time that you have. So you have to put those into action. And it's, again, it's just a step-by-step process. It's not an all or nothing. Well, and the other thing that I've realized is that just because you love a certain author or a certain speaker or something doesn't mean you have to take everything they say as gospel. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've discovered that for me is I have to take things with a grain of salt because if you listen to too many quote unquote experts, you're kind of constantly feeling like I'm not doing this right. Or I need to do this better. Or like, and I did that for so long where I just thought, okay, I need to listen to so-and-so's advice because I want to be like her. I want to be like him. And that just gets mentally exhausting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, I definitely say that a lot to people, especially my clients of like, you know, the things that we talk about during our session, this is, it, my process has just been a complete like juxtaposition of all the speakers, all of the amazing people that I have read, met, heard speak. And, you know, it's a whole combination, right? But it's taking those pieces of, okay, this is where I am now. This is the piece that I want to strengthen. Whatever resonates with me, that's the part that you need to put into action. Mm-hmm. Not all 10 steps. Maybe it was just the second step that you liked. Okay, so that second step you put into action and then we'll see what the next book you know, brings into your life and mm-hmm. the next action. And it's definitely staying open to that. You know, Again, going back to my, to my health and fitness days, same thing with exercises. I love it when people would come and be like, well, what's, running's the best exercise, right? Well, do you like running? For some people, not for everybody. I know. So I'd be like, do you like running? And they'll go, no. I'm like, okay, so then running is not the best exercise. Like <laughs> you can't, you can't force yourself into something. There's a difference between elevating and shifting yourself and just changing habits than completely tearing yourself down and rebuilding yourself into something that you aren't even connected to, to begin with. Mm. Like, that that's the kicker. It's, it's finding and, and really appreciating who you are, where you are. And then what is the piece that now, what's the next level for you and what you want, not what you think you deserve, not what your partner thinks you need, not what your, you know, not what your kids want, but literally what do you, where are you at? Where do you want to go? And what is that next step that you see that you can take to get you there? Right? Yeah. I- You know, I'm really going through that right now because I'm in the middle of a separation and divorce Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I didn't think was, I thought I would be with my husband forever. We've been together Mm -hmm. for 14 years, you know, married for 11 and a half years. And I, one of the main things when we were deciding to keep going or not is he was like, well, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And I was like, no one's ever asked me that. Yeah. And it's like you said, like we define ourselves by wife, mother, Mm. girlfriend, daughter, friend. It's hard for us to see ourselves as just a person who has Mm. goals and dreams. And that was the thing is I was like, oh man, I know what I want. And I don't think that aligns with his vision. Yeah. And that was scary. And I think a lot of women are scared of asking that question. 
Oh yeah. It was, I mean, it was definitely the start. Um, I mean, this is going to sound harsh, but it's, it's pretty much true. The personal development that I started doing, that's what started my divorce process. I was actually the one to ask for the divorce because I realized just exactly that, that I love him to pieces. I still love him. He's the best ex-husband ever. But from the personal development that I was finally doing, it did change the relationship for me. And I realized Mm -hmm. we were great for each other when we met. We were great for each other for where we were at that point. But I was shifting and he was happy where he was. And that's fantastic. Like, that's awesome that he stuck to that. And he's like, no, I don't want to be... You know, he tried to make himself better and he was making himself not better. He was trying to elevate himself to spaces he didn't want to go to and he wasn't happy. I was elevating myself to spaces and I was being happy, but I, I felt like I was also like trying to push him and it, I thought was a good way, but really he was good where he was. Exactly. So, oh my gosh. Are we the same person? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was, but I will say this, like asking for the divorce from a quote unquote good marriage is the piece that I go back to every single time for myself of, okay, if I can do that, if I can make the decision to end something that was pretty good to create something even better for myself, then good Lord, I can do anything. Cause that, that will be the hardest day of my life, probably for my entire life. Like that was a really hard day and that was a really hard decision. But the things that have come from that for myself and the growth that I've had for myself and the things that Honestly, that me and my ex-husband have been able to show our son because all of us are better. Like the relationship with him and my son are, is so much better. The relationship between me and him are so much better. Like it worked out to the best of its ability. That I think is just, is, has always been now my catalyst to everything else. Like, okay, if I, can, if I can make that much of a shift, then, you know, applying to this conference or talking to this person or, you know, introducing myself to, to that person, that, that's, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. And I don't know when you did it, but a lot of my friends keep being like, you're so brave. And I'm like, I don't feel I know. <laughs> Somebody just told me that the other day. <laughs> I'm like, I just feel like I was following my intuition. And, it's, yeah. and it was weird. Like, as soon as I made that decision, mm-hmm. things started shifting. And mm-hmm. it kind of felt like a, a weight was lifted off of me. And I realized that, like you said, we were great for that season together, but we weren't really happy together anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think once he's able to process, mm-hmm. um, we will both be happier separate. And that's a really hard thing to, to come up with. Oh God. Yeah. And I, the reason I share all this and the reason I had you talk about it is because I'm really passionate about women talking openly about this because I feel like Mm -hmm. divorce Mm -hmm. and separation is such like a little like hush hush secret that nobody wants to talk about Mm -hmm. or it's or it's just or it's this painful ugly um step backwards kind Mm -hmm. of thing right like nobody sees it I when I was telling people that we were getting divorced I would get all these like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, that's so sad. And part of me is like, no, it's not. And then I had one girlfriend who was also divorced. She texted me. The first thing she said was, congratulations on your new life. And I was like, that's the text. That one right there. Love it. Because yes, it is sad, but it's not like, but it's not like, again, all three of us have just created such better lives for ourselves and are so much happier. And it's not, 
And I'm not saying to everybody that everybody's going to end divorce happily. I've had friends who've had horrible divorces and those are the ones where you're just like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But it's still a moment of celebration of that. You know, this is everything. This is so trite, but it's so true. Everything does happen for a reason. And mm. it's, it's such a great space for you to be in. And a lot of us don't give ourselves th- this permission to do this, but it's such a great space to sit and go, okay, this is where I am right now. What do I want? Like if you're, if whether you're the, you know, the person who asked for the divorce or the, you know, the person on the other end of, of the conversation, it is still happening for, for a reason. And you have full say on how you take that, how you react to it and how you can move that forward for yourself. And some people choose not to move forward. And that's sad, but I have no control over that. Like I have control over how I want to take the moment and how I want to use that as a pivot point or catalyst point for who I am and what I want to create. And again, that's where personal development still really helps me is that I was, I was able to make those connections with um, I just finished reading The Power of Now with Eckhart Tolle by Eckhart oh, Tolle. Oh, yeah. I've wanted to read that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, Eckhart Tolle is one of those – I tell people this all the time. I tried to read it three times before now, and mm, I just didn't yeah. connect to it. And I think personal development hits you when it's supposed to. Yes, yes. And that's the other thing I love about personal development is I will read the same book four times, and I will get something different out of it every single time. Um, yeah. But this one really connected to me because last summer I had a friend uh, – passed away from a very mm-hmm. ugly, quick fight with cancer. And then six weeks later, I had my partner of over a year unexpectedly end our relationship. And oh. it was just like, oh, okay. Like grief upon grief upon grief. And, you know, it's one of those moments where it's literally the universe going, okay, Mel, this is what you've been preaching. This is what you do now. You know, it tests you. It always tests you when you pronounce something that you want, no matter if you believe in the universe, God, the spaghetti monster or nothing whatsoever. <laughs> there is, there is still an out. There's still something that's going to test your decisions. It's going to mm-hmm. test your path. And it's taking that and going, okay, for me, it was kind of, you know, well, it was, it was, a, it was a retract for like six months into myself mm-hmm. going, okay, I was starting to identify myself as this person's partner you know, I have my friends going through this horrific amount of grief because the uh, my friend who passed away was engaged to one of my best girlfriends. Oh. So it was just this like, okay. And there was all of us going through this massive, unexpected, quick change. And I first read, um, I think it's called Option B by Sheryl Sandberg. Mm-hmm. Fantastic book. And then I, lo- I was kept looking at the power of now. I'm like, all right, this just keeps like calling me. And I started reading it and it was just like, mind-blowing like every chapter was mind-blowing so kind of going along I've been going back to this is probably not like a personal development podcast interview no I I, I love (laughs) development so I'm totally cool with that but um you know if you are new to it one don't be scared of it but two just find something just that just calls you it doesn't have to make sense but just literally like what can get you to where you are out of your head and back into your heart and getting yeah. back to you. Cause that's what, that's what true self care is, right? It's not really manicures and, and massages. Though Those are amazing. Those are nice. Yeah. It's literally like self care to me is time that I've spent to myself for myself to help mm-hmm. grow myself. Yeah. And you know, again, any, anything that happens, it's not that it's not that you're failing. It's, you know, it's not like you made this decision. All these things are, are going wrong because you jinxed it. It's literally, 
it's literally an outside force going, okay, Mel, you said you wanted to, you know, make six figures or speak internationally. Here you go. Like, <laughs> Here's a new opportunity to grow and learn. And that- Exactly. Let's, yeah. Let me show you what you know and let me show you what you don't know and how you can ask for help, like mm. literally. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's this, this journey is never, is never an up and down. In fact, I just posted that on my Instagram this morning of like, this journey is the journey to success is full of plot twists. Oh, like it, yeah. it's never a straight line, but it's permission for you to like pivot, <laughs> which I hear Ross from friends, like yell in my head, like, yeah. pivot. <laughs> or it's, or you're, or you're not, and you're just going to stay where you are. So you have a choice. What's, you know, what's it going to be? Yeah. But again, telling people that too, like, you know, whatever you see on social media, that's not the whole picture. Like one of my clients yesterday called me and she goes, okay, I'm kind of pissed off. I just need a vent. And I was like, okay, fine. She goes, well, this guy, I have this accountability, you know, group. And this guy was saying that off of one post on LinkedIn, he had five meetings, you know, posted, he like booked from it. She's like, why the hell am I not getting five meetings? And I go, do you know the quality of these meetings? Uh Like, no. Like, do you, do you know if these meetings are actually going to go through? She's like, no. I'm like, so what does that teach you? That off one post, he got, you know, five meetings, which he's either going to close one or spend, you know, five cancellations. Like you just, you don't know, like you don't know that back end part. So instead of taking that and going, you know, good Lord, why am I getting five posts? Look at it as, is, is there something from his post that you can take and customize to you and maybe help with your ask? Or do you just say, you know what? Well done, sir. And you walk away. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we get so focused on what other people are doing that we're not staying in our own lane and mm-hmm. doing what we're good at. And I, I've been mm-hmm. guilty of that too. I actually had to uh, get the Chrome extension, the Facebook feed eradicator, because I was mm. following so many other um, you know, entrepreneurs and yeah. female business owners. And I just, a lot of what we say online is the version of what we want people to see us as. Yeah. So it's not necessarily the truth. Yep. And I was taking it as the truth and that really beats you down after a while. Definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. I think taking a look at, I, I did a lot of unfollowing on my Facebook, not because that means you're still friends, but you don't really see them on your time feed because either it was too much negativity, especially Facebook, like Facebook has become mm, such an interesting yeah, it's So toxic. Oh, it's so interesting. Um, but even with Instagram, I went through and be like, okay, why am I following this person? Am I following this person because, you know, I want to be on their podcast or I like to see where they speak and I'm, I'm using that as an example of opportunities? Or am I seeing them as just like, oh, we're in the same thing and I feel like I, I get that twins jealousy or negative mm-hmm. impact from their posts. And I started, I stopped unfollowing a lot of people because of that because I wanted that environment to be something that that is what it's supposed to be, at least to me for social media, which is inspirational, a place for you to like not feel alone, especially as a special needs parent. Like Mm, there's spaces where like, Oh my God, I'm literally drowning. And I need to know that somebody else is going through this or has gone through it before. Mm -hmm. And, or, you know, obviously keep in touch with friends and family and see their amazing travels. Um, but again, you have full say on who you bring into your circle and whose energy you take and how much energy you give. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's again, creating that boundary of like, why are you, why is going to Facebook or Instagram, like 
take you two steps back? What can you do to make it a positive experience? Or if it can be one, if not, what boundaries can you do to where you can post, make the connections that you want to connect and then, you know, turn it off and move on. Yeah. For, For me on Instagram, the people that I go there to follow are people that I don't even really know, people I admire. Yeah. People who may, like, I love following Rachel Hollis. I love following mm-hmm. Jenna Fisher, who is on The Office. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love her stories because she just talks about making bread all the time. And <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it's just so cool. Or like, yeah. I love following Retta and Busy Phillips. Like, people who I'm probably never going to meet in real life, but they give me inspiration and they make me happy. It's not just... Yeah. Buy my stuff. Yeah. Be on my course. Listen to my podcast. It's not overly promotional. I think people mm-hmm. forget the social aspect of social media and it's just Agreed. this promotion machine, which feels gross. Yeah. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. And my friend, um, I have an amazing friend. Her name is Shasta Nelson. She speaks on this. Um, she did TEDx talk and she also has a uh, book called Frentimacy. She has another book I'm spacing on and she's in the process of writing her third, but that's her, that's her whole platform is that, you know, with all of these great ways to quote unquote, stay connected, we are not truly connecting anymore and how we are actually more, we're craving more of the face-to-face or I was like to say, I, I love the days where I can see three-dimensional people, right? Cause I, all of my sessions are virtual. I've got, you know, and I do great interviews like this. But at the end of the day, some days the only person I see in three-dimensional form is my seven-year-old. And I love him pieces, but that's not, <laughs> that's not really fulfilling all the time, right? Mm-hmm. I have to make dates for myself to go network with other women, to make dates mm-hmm. with my friends, or to just even make a date with myself, take myself to a bar, and people watch for an hour. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like we crave that. And, and I think that has to go back to – I think we are in this shift with social media that more and more people are learning to – know how to share their stories, which is basically their daily lives. Like they don't have to be this massive, you know, weight loss motivation or this massive money motivation. It literally has to be like my son, you know, had a two hour meltdown because of, I don't know, his tag bothering him. Guess what? I survived and even better. So did he. Hooray. Like (laughs) it's finding those celebrations. And I I have to agree the people that I, I love to follow on Instagram are those that Yes, share with me aspects of their business because most of them are yeah. owners and entrepreneurs, but their Instagram stories is nothing but their goofy, amazing, back-ass works life. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love. I, I do too. I think that's the best. And I try to tell, since I do digital marketing for people, when I consult with mm-hmm. them, I try to tell mo- most of my clients are women that they need to be utilizing like Instagram stories, Facebook stories yes, you know, to really connect with their idol clients and customers. Yes. And people get so scared because they're like, I'm not perfect enough. I'm not pretty enough. And I'm like, I have shown up on Instagram stories crying. I have shown up uh, with dirty hair, no makeup, glasses. Like, yeah, people connect with that because mm-hmm. they, you're a real person. You're not just this manicured headshot yeah. promo yeah, person, and that's that's what we need to move towards. You're yes. not perfect. And the other thing too, from you know a business owner aspect, especially if you're a solopreneur, stop mm-hmm. making yourself bigger than you already than you are. 
like one of my, one of my clients, it's just her and it will always be just her. Just like me. She just wants to create a lifestyle, right? She doesn't want to create this massive empire. Mm -hmm. She wants to create a lifestyle. So it will always be just her, but all of her posts was this we stuff. And I'm like, who are we? we? Yeah. They're not going to talk to we. They're going to talk to you. And if they want to talk to you, then they've got to get to know you because the first rule of sales is first they buy you. And then everything else that you do, that's a bonus. So if you keep doing this aspect of we do this and we talk to us, like, no, they're only going to talk to you. So mm-hmm. share you change the verbiage on your, on your, um, you know, on your posts, on your website, how you share yourself and share pieces of you and how that connects to your why. You no, know, Simon Sinek always start with why. So who are you and how does this post connect to your why and how can you help others do the same? Like there's always this, this great progressional sharing, but at the end of the day, it is just you. So be proud of that. And don't try to hide behind this massive, you know, corporation that will never exist. And if it does, great. But for right now, it's still just you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. be proud of that. Yeah. I love that. Well, on that note, <laughs> where, we can can talk people, now. <laughs> where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or connect with you to work with you? Yes. So uh, one is my website, which is melissamcsherry.net. Um, the next best way would be my Instagram, and that is uh, at Mel underscore McSherry. Um, and then LinkedIn. Um, I'm also Mel McSherry on LinkedIn as well. So those are probably the top three ways to stalk me, get to know me, uh, <laughs> connect with me, whatever you feel like doing. Um, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to get to know all of Mel in a glass box, I say definitely Instagram first. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I have loved this. I feel like I could talk to you all day. I feel like we are kind of the same person. (laughs) Yeah. So I hope one day we can meet in real life, uh, rather than just this podcast. So definitely Chicago is great in the summer. <laughs> I, you know, it's on my list. I want to go to Chicago. I've never been because I'm like, Oh, it's cold, but oh, summers are gorgeous. Yep. July right. through September. So, all right, I'm going to make it happen. I have some other Love friends it. in Chicago. So that would be fun. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.